You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast. Today, we are welcoming Sean Crossley, a psychotherapist, to the show. Sean is breaking the cycle coaching on Instagram. We're going to link all of that in the podcast description for you. And she is here today to speak with us about codependence. Our conversation today will unpack what codependence actually is, what it looked like in our childhood and in our family growing up, how it impacts our partnerships, our relationships, and how it impacts our parenting style with our own children. We talk about how to be more interdependent, which is something that we will discuss and unpack on the show. And then we also talk about how to do this work, not only for ourselves, but also for our children so that they can have healthy boundaries, be interdependent and set them up for successful relationships in their life as well. So this is a really interesting, deep conversation, touches on things like the mother wound and some of the reparenting work that we have to do, really fascinating. So carve out some space, proud of you for taking this time to yourself, and let's hear my conversation with Sean. Are you yelling more than you'd like? Do you fear you're scaring your child or children? Maybe you wonder why something so small set you off. It's in situations like this that parents find themselves asking, am I an angry mom? Are my children going to hate me? The truth is, you're not an angry mom. You're likely a mom that has been under-supported for far too long. You're also a mom that has never been taught the skills to manage your own big feelings. That's why we created the Managing Mom Rage Workshop. We are Erica Jossa and Dr. Ashri Nareem, therapists specializing in maternal mental health, and we're both moms. We know the challenges you're facing because we've been there and we've supported thousands of moms to uncover what's going on underneath the anger. We invite you to join us for a live workshop on April 23rd at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will cover how anger and rage can show up in motherhood, What is really causing these feelings? How to protect yourself from responding in such a big way? Practical strategies to use in the heat of the moment? Ways to repair with your family when you've lost your cool? Ways to forgive yourself when things don't go as planned? And Q&A opportunity to answer all of your pressing questions. If you can't make the live event, don't worry. Purchase your ticket and you'll receive an email with a link to the event to access the replay. To learn more, head to happyasamother.co slash mummyrage. That's happyasamother.co slash mummyrage. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Sean, thank you 
so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today between momming and working and pandemic. And because you're in London, we've managed to coordinate ourselves. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, and I'm excited and I love talking about this topic. So I'm yeah, excited. we're going to get into codependence today. And I have to say, I followed you on Instagram for some time. I feel like you've really grown in the time that I've been following you um, and your post just resonates so much talking about things like trauma and codependence and regulating ourselves and and yeah they all really hit home so I'm really excited for this conversation today can I ask a little bit about and I had seen in your bio that you previously worked somewhere else and then when you became a mom you went into your own business can I ask how Uh you found your way onto Instagram and in this sort of niche and passion that you have so I did work as a psychotherapist before so I was working in the national health system we have here and also a bit of private work and it was good but it was intense and when I had my daughter I kind of thought hmm I don't know that I personally will be able to kind of combine that too well like therapy and and mumming like that felt like it would be quite draining for me so I love Instagram. Like I could spend all day, waste all day, <laughs> or spend all day on Instagram. Um, I just love it. So I thought, mm-hmm. why not, really? And it's such a great platform for communicating a lot. Like you, obviously you can put a lot of detail into your posts and the stories and thought, let's just give it a go. I actually started off doing kind of an account more for mums. Kind of a, It was called Psychologically Minded Mum back then when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a few months in, I just wanted to broaden it a bit more. So talking about the same stuff, but not just for mums, but obviously it applies to parents as well, of course. But yeah, I was just, you know, I've always been really interested in childhood and how it affects us in adulthood. For me, it's always been a really clear link even before I like trained as a therapist or, you know, had my own therapy before any of that stuff. It just felt like a really clear link that what we experience when we're younger kind of stays with us right because we mm-hmm. are the same person when you talk about the shift that happened like when you became a mom that's actually not something that I was prepared for I was in mm-hmm. I was in my when did I have my first child at like 26 so like mid to late 20s mm-hmm. I've been a therapist before that and then I became a mom and I I underestimated or was naive to how much my capacity as a person holding space for other people Yeah, right. Uh That was a big time. And then almost like with each child I had, because I have three young ones, right? Wow. Yeah. And I had to really learn and understand what I could contain and hold for others and how Mm -hmm. much time I could dedicate to that, to how much was going on in my personal life and containing and holding these kids and being their support system. Mm -hmm. And that was not an awareness I had as like a early 20, mid 20s, single autonomous person, right? Yeah. for me personally yeah yeah me too yeah I just think you know as a therapist you just put so much into it even with all of the good therapist boundaries all that stuff like it's still you know you're putting yourself in it and um yeah yeah, I was kind of like wow what's going to be left for my daughter and that's why I love Instagram because I do really think that you can really communicate all of the good stuff that you'd be kind of offering someone in therapy of course it's not quite the same of course but I think you can do a lot you know I think it can really help it's not therapy but the knowledge and some of the insights that you can gain in therapy 
can be um, passed on through Instagram and through this yeah. podcast or other form, yeah, yeah. Um, our membership group and lessons and things like that. So yeah, yeah it's a yeah, valuable sure. way to, I think that I've seen other Instagram therapists as they refer to them, though Instagram is not therapy, but no. um, is kind of like opening the door that like letting people behind the scenes of, of the mm-hmm. types of conversations that happen in a therapy mm-hmm. room. So that's the best way to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today we're diving into codependence. And I think that there's so many interesting pieces of this conversation for us to unpack. Because mm-hmm. you said you're passionate about, and I talk a lot about too, but how when we become parents, it brings us back into sort of this time of our childhood. So like I'm raising a five-year-old soon to be six, and I'm paralleling that with when I was five and when I was right. six and what my life was like then, right? Mm-hmm. You can't not think about it, right? So it really right. invites so much reflection. That, yeah. 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 It kind of has us straddling both of these places, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the current way that we're wanting to parent, that mm-hmm. we're living at our life right now, currently with our children, but we're kind of also straddling and always have one foot in the past and how we were raised, how we want to yeah. continue some of that, how mm-hmm. we want to change some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those listening who maybe don't really know or understand what codependence is in our family and in our relationships. Can we unpack that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So the way I would describe codependency is ultimately a reliance on somebody else to really regulate how you're feeling or to kind of make you feel better, to kind of help you maybe manage things. And I use the word reliance because it is that rather, because obviously kind of looking to somebody for support is human, fine, not, you know, what we need to do. But with codependency is very much a sense of, I can't do this on my own. I can't kind of manage my feelings on my own. And it's looking to somebody else to regulate your emotions. Yeah. It's interesting what's coming up for me as you're saying that is kind of like two camps in my mind. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be an interesting conversation because I feel Mm -hmm. like there's always different pieces involved. I have a behavioral training perspective and I've worked in a children and family clinic that has dealt with a lot of sort of soothing self-regulation skills, teaching kids self-regulation skills. And then I have this also very gentle, I say gentle, I don't like that word. It's used a lot, but like more respectful Mm -hmm. parenting approach Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, approach where um, we understand as children like with our young children that there is an element of us helping to sue for them right sure. oh yeah well so, so there's some pieces here for us to unpack because mm-hmm. i would say right now my children who my oldest is five going to be six do rely on me mm-hmm. to help them cope and soothe and mm-hmm. i would go as far as to say that that is developmentally appropriate for their age group Mm -hmm. with an asterisk Mm -hmm. (laughs) of that they also need to learn ways to sue themselves and I shouldn't take those opportunities from them. And Mm -hmm. I should allow for moments of discomfort for them to learn how to manage their feelings on their own. So this, you know, that's interesting. So I, okay, so my daughter is younger right now. So she, like, she's only two and a half. 
But yeah. for me personally, there's never an issue of codependency in children. Children 100% need co-regulation. Right. For me, what the bit I'm interested in is mum or dad needing the children to... Ah, using the children really to co-regulate. distinction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so for me... never from the perspective of the child being too needy because they are inherently co-regulating with us. Okay. Correct. And they need to, right? So in order to internalize it and then not be codependent themselves when they're older, they yeah. need to have experienced that. Um, and certainly as children get older, the idea, broadly speaking, is that they need us a little bit less each year incrementally right i mean that's the fantasy it doesn't always happen like that but that's the idea that you know newborns are like 100 percent reliant and then by teenagers they're kind of less so and so on but that ultimately for me a child can never be codependent okay but a child can be responding obviously unconsciously responding to a codependent invitation from a parent gotcha does that make sense Totally makes sense. And I think that when I am in my mind picturing and thinking about situations where a child is displaying codependence, I'm actually Mm -hmm. really pulling on clients more from the old clinic I used to work at that are in their like 10, 12, 13, like teenage years where they should be individuating, but they're actually Mm -hmm. not. And and Mm -hmm. so probably different age group than some of our our listeners here today. But I do think Mm -hmm. that once we get in this pattern of of codependence or being trained isn't the right word, but sort of conditioned or being in this pattern Mm -hmm. of taking our parents needs like when we get in this pattern of codependence when we get to our teenage years is when the teens would end up in my office in this other clinic that I would to like now pull apart and and distinguish these boundaries Mm -hmm. lines if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, for sure yeah exactly that's it because when yeah when a child or when somebody's grown up experiencing that kind of relationship with a codependent parent or codependent family environment then yeah that's going to become how they identify and how they relate Yes, to the world, to their to friends, the to their yeah. relationships, these, these exactly. people things. Okay, so when we're talking about the codependence coming from the needs of the parent themselves, can mm. we unpack like tangibly what this looks like in mm. our interactions and things? Mm-hmm. So I would say, so first, I think it's useful just to distinguish for a minute. I mean, it overlaps, obviously, but you can get kind of codependent families where the family system itself is codependent, but also in these kind of one-to-one relationships with, let's say, just a parent and a child. So, and they do differ slightly in terms of how they look and how that kind of functions. So with a one-to-one, so let's say you've got a codependent parent with a child, and this can happen with, might have lots of children, but for whatever reason, the dynamic has come about that one child particularly and one adult particularly become quite codependent and there's maybe a bit of enmeshment happening so what that looks like would be a lot of reassurance seeking on the part of the parent and potentially the child as well obviously they'll kind of have had that modeled just this kind of sense of the parent using and all of this is unconscious of course but kind of using um the child to really make them feel better maybe you know if they've had a difficult day to be kind of seeking in the child I don't know, wanting to cheer them up or um, something like that. But there's just this kind of use of the child to make the parent feel better, whether that's being validated, you know, um, 
one example that's come to mind. I don't know why this has popped into my head, but mum, let's say, wanting to be kind of reassured or validated that she looks nice, let's say, and kind of maybe not feeling able to get that from a partner or from herself and kind of asking the child, do I look okay? Do I look nice? What do you think of this? That kind of thing. Individually, that's of course not going to do anything, but we're talking about, you know, kind of lots and lots and lots of these patterns. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of that reassurance seeking, looking for validation, and just looking to the child to make them feel okay. I think ultimately, what I'm hearing you say is it's really about us seeking out meeting our psychological and emotional needs via our child uh-huh. instead of exactly. our partner or our relationships mm-hmm. or within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of some ways that I have seen this play out. There's like lots of subtle ways. And actually, I don't know if you follow Dr. Becky at home, Dr. Becky Kennedy no. on, on Instagram. She's gold. She's amazing. Okay. She's been on the podcast before as well. She's very, she just, um, she provides a lot of scripts for parents, a lot of parenting stuff, but she actually Mm -hmm. talked about how uh, wiring for codependency versus wiring for empathy. And one of the things that she says is when we are in our language, correcting our children and saying, oh, when you do this, it makes mommy feel really sad. Mm. What we're actually doing is wiring for codependence because we're wiring the child or like, you know, constantly telling the child that they need to consider mommy's needs and feelings before their own with their emotion that they're having Mm -hmm. rather than saying, you know, like, how does this emotion feel for you? We're focusing on their need in that moment, right? Absolutely. And also what that is kind of doing is creating this belief around responsibility for how other people feel. So kind of saying this makes me feel a certain way. So that's really powerful, right? Because for the child, that's all what I do can make other people feel good or bad. And and I'm responsible for them feeling good or bad. Right. I work with the moms who have had the moms who have maybe been codependent with them. You know, like I work with the moms who have entered into motherhood and are saying, you know, I feel really resentful because I can't have a conversation with my mom because it's so centered around her feelings and her needs that Mm -hmm. my needs are going unmet emotionally and psychologically because of this like pattern Mm -hmm. of feeling guilty, um, you know, for those feelings and things. So, okay. So this codependence is from our perspective as a mom is seeking or needing things in return, Mm -hmm. like emotionally or psychologically from our children to fill some sort of, I don't know if it would be emptiness or void or reassurance or something within ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, okay. that, yeah. And that creates this kind of role, this, this codependent dynamic for sure. Okay. And so what happens then if that is a pattern that we find ourselves in? Like, how does that play out then? Or where do we go from there? So if you're wanting to, move away from this kind of dynamic is that what you mean kind of how do you become more interdependent yeah well or let's break down even the difference between codependence and interdependent like what are we striving for if it's not codependent yeah okay yeah so ideally it's kind of trying to create relationships in your family with your children that are kind of mutually beneficial that there's just this environment of everybody matters in this everybody's needs matter and that can kind of go both ways right so it's like let's say a mum being self-sacrificing well that is you know not quite in the middle either and up at the other end obviously being kind of codependent and, lo- and looking to her needs met and so on so 
it's about being in the middle somewhere and just communicating that relationships can benefit everybody, that there can be this sense of balance. Yeah, I think that is probably the place to be kind of roughly aiming for. And what that looks like for everybody will obviously be slightly different. Mm -hmm. But from a kind of mother or parent's perspective, it's about trying to become as kind of responsible for your own emotions and kind of getting your own needs met as much as you can because what that will do is just create space for connection Mm -hmm. and with your child or your partner and um and also allow for growth because something that really happens kind of quite strongly one of the biggest markers if you like of codependency is that individual growth individual kind of needs to go your own way is actually experienced as threatening it's experienced as um, maybe an insult at some level that if the family system itself is quite codependent, there's this real pressure on everybody to think the same, feel the same, kind of do things in a similar way. So then certainly this kind of happens more as the children get older, maybe, that they want to try their own thing or do, you know, do things that the rest of the family wouldn't necessarily want to do. And that creates a lot of issues. So individual growth, becomes uh, a real problem so it's kind of trying to move towards a place where your personal interests I mean this is a big one for mums right this can feel really difficult like that your personal interests still feature um, that you know like you as a human being still exists and you're kind of finding some way to just bring that into the atmosphere of the family generally And that kind of giving permission then for your children, as I say, more so as they get older, probably, to do their own thing as well. And that that's okay. That, Mm -hmm. you know, there doesn't need to be this kind of tandem living experience where everybody in the family is kind of doing the same stuff, wanting to live in the same kind of way. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I'm having like crossroads of all of these thoughts in my mind right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to point for them so I don't forget them. But this is reminding me of an interview that we did on the mother wound where we have been raised. I think you also talk about this quite a bit. So I just finished a mother wound course like yesterday. I just put a course together. Mm hmm. Because um, we had Bethany Webster, author of The Mother Wound, um, on author of Discovering Your Inner Mother on a few weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. um, we were really talking about how, like, if we were raised seeped in this codependence or like any of these patterns that have been passed down to our mothers, we don't know any other way than codependence. Mm -hmm. Right. And trying to break out of codependence ourselves to more interdependent or more autonomous. And and I want to break down the different types of like that scale of in just a moment. But Mm -hmm. try to break out like what you're saying is there's this expectation that we're all living in tandem. So it becomes very challenging and will really offset the functioning of our relationships when we pursue that growth. And I think Mm -hmm. that is actually the crux of when my clients find me in therapy, you know, like they want growth, they're stuck, they're living in expectations of this sort of like, I love that word, like tandem living, like staying Mm. within the norms of the family, but Mm. there's this tension to want to do things differently and parent Mm. differently, particularly break these cycles, like what you talk about. 
Mm-hmm. And therein lies like the pressure cooker, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Something you mentioned there, I think is really important to kind of pick up on. What codependency does when we experience it in our own childhoods, and this is one of the most fundamental ways that it kind of stays with us and becomes a real problem in adulthood, is that it really erodes our sense of self or it actually what happens is is a codependent relationship particularly if it's a kind of one parent so if let's say for instance you had a codependent mother or codependent father for example then there's not really space for the self to develop at all and so our identity becomes that role right it becomes the role of helping somebody rescuing somebody pleasing people And so in the place of where we might have kind of authentically developed um, in whatever way that might have been, in its place is this this kind of role instead. And that is often what stays with us in adulthood. And then we maybe get to um, become parents ourselves and that that role is still there, you know, that we are still kind of unconsciously in all of our relationships and then obviously potentially in our relationship with our child as well we are that people pleaser the rescuer and that's where the cycle often repeats itself because then we find ourselves as mothers you know not able to regulate ourselves because we haven't had that experience not able to kind of connect strongly with who we are with uh, you know not able to show up authentically because of course we wouldn't have mm-hmm. been kind of given that opportunity as children and so then we're looking to potentially to kind of our children to be offering us that that kind of reassurance and so on and they're the cycle yeah. well I yeah. think so we were talking about like looking to children and I think there's a few different ways that this codependency can show up in us as mothers. I think we can break this down and spend a little bit of time. How I see this play out a lot with clients that I work with is living in a completely geographical area than their family, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but still okay. having their parents call the shots from a distance or yeah. feeling that they need reassurance from their parents to make decisions, right. feeling that they need their parents' input when, let's say, buying a new vehicle or deciding to buy a house with their partner or like life mm-hmm. decisions that are now ours as like individual adulting human beings with our partner mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. feeling that pressure or needing that reassurance or stamp of approval mm-hmm. from our parents, that's a big one that comes up. Or like needing reassurance or to know that the decisions in motherhood that we're making are okay. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of this where it does feel nice to know you're making the right decisions. But there's a difference between reassurance and like acknowledgement and validation. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, are you stuck in your decision making? Are you indecisive and have a hard time making decisions without the input of your parents or your spouse. These are just some of the really practical ways that I see codependence play out in some of the clients that I work with, right? Yeah. Uh, and I say that and also in my own life until I learn to be more interdependent. It's not like mm-hmm. we all have the potential to be raised in these patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so one of the things I also think it's really important for us to kind of, I have just this really clear picture in my mind I want to portray on the, on the show here is... Mm-hmm. We've got codependent 
which is on one polar side, which is like mm-hmm. meshed or, you know, interreliant, kind of like don't know where one person ends and the other begins, all uh-huh. really kind of mixed together. And then on the other polar opposite, we have like fiercely like independent to the point where mm-hmm. like I don't need others, I won't rely on others. It feels threatening for, you know, to be in a commitment yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Polar opposite end. Those two are like, you know, the opposing of each other. Mm -hmm. We aren't trying to swing to independence because when we get out on the fringes of that, it has its own subset of problems where it interferes in our relationships and then we have trouble in our commitment. And so what Mm -hmm. we're really working towards is this more interdependent. And I'm seeing this in my mind as overlaying with boundary styles. We did a lesson in my mother Mm -hmm. on boundary styles where we have Mm -hmm. a porous boundary style that like doesn't really know boundaries doesn't really Mm -hmm. hold many boundaries emotionally physically or otherwise then we've got a really rigid Mm -hmm. holder that is more like an independent person really hard to get to know doesn't let people in and then we've got our healthy boundaries which I feel like relates to that interdependent Mm -hmm. where I feel comfortable getting to know people but I also honor myself and what's comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can assert myself and really hold those healthy psychological, emotional, physical boundaries for themselves. Absolutely. And the crossover, I mean, boundaries are kind of underpin all of it. Or as you've just described, you know, yeah. with the enmeshment, there's no boundaries and and independent is just it is just as unhelpful long term. And so the interdependent, one of the ways I think of it is with an interdependent relationship, it's about wanting to spend time with the other person, be with the other person, choosing to rather than needing to. Mm-hmm. That's that, a me, like kind little of... distinction, but such an important distinction. Oh, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Wanting to, but not mm. needing to. Not uh-huh. so preoccupied and anxious and crawling out of our skin that we have to be with them. But yeah. we want to be with them. Uh-huh. Right? And there's a kind of active, intentional choosing. And um, there is just a sense, however much you may or may not have really thought about it, but there is just a sense that I'm good. I'm good on my, you know, I'm good as I am. It's fine. But this person makes everything better. Yeah. Whereas with codependency and certainly with enmeshment, enmeshment is more intense end of codependency there's a sense of, yeah, I kind of can't function Mm -hmm. without this person helping me. I don't talk a lot about my early childhood years on this podcast, but let's Mm -hmm. do it because that's where we're spending the time right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes me think about, like, when I was younger, I would say I was wired for codependence in a way that my family upbringing was very unstable. A lot mm-hmm. of believing, um, are mm. they coming back? This feels like a cruel game, you know? Mm. So I was anxiously preoccupied and wired to fear abandonment, want to mm-hmm. make people happy, to please mm. them, right? Mm. And yeah. really get into that, like if we talk attachment styles, which I've talked about in my Mother Up membership group, like mm. really in that anxious attachment sort of category. Mm. And so the idea of people leaving 
because I was codependent and relied on them so much, I felt like I needed them so much, would send me into maybe not crisis mode, not mm-hmm. like strong, but it felt very like overwhelming yeah. and activating, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now doing years of healing myself, being in a really secure and amazing relationship for the past 10 years, mm-hmm. knowing that if he were to leave for some reason, I would be devastated, mm. but I would survive, uh-huh. right? I would be okay. I would yeah. function. I would live. I would cope. I, like my heart would be broken. Yeah. And I would be, I would be okay. Yeah. That is a different place than I was mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. Well, my experience is similar, actually, not in the um, the kind of people coming and going, but in the uh, in different ways that led me to, as you say, be kind of for a period of time, certainly in my kind of teenage years, 20s and so on, of just feeling really anxiously preoccupied with all of my you know, boyfriends at the time and so on. And, and now it feels so different because, as you say, it's about that healing work and doing ultimately it's kind of mothering yourself work. Yeah, that provides that kind of basic. We can think of it as like a secure base. Like there's this idea in in psychology, right? Of we kind of have this secure base in an ideal world that would be um, kind of caregiver, parent that we've sort of internalised. But if that hasn't happened, then so be it. You can kind of offer it to yourself, and that is when you're kind of set up to experience interdependent relationships, because mm-hmm. until you're kind of in that place of doing that healing work and it's not a sort of thing that you tick off and it's done it's you know it's an ongoing process really Mm -hmm. a process of healing but when you're in it and you're doing that kind of work then it just means that you are free you have the energy um free really to be kind of putting back into yourself and that means that these kind of connections that are just really about, I used the term before, kind of mutually beneficial, you know, that you're kind of able to access relationships in that way um, rather than having to rely on somebody to be able to get through the day. And it can really feel like that, you know, when you're kind of really in that codependent space and you've been so used to having to look to other people to define who you are. Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what is happening and that really is what's happening with kind of codependent childhood if a child's experiencing this is that that comes to other people defining their okay kind of other people really dictating their self-worth um when you get out of that space then relationships are really different and i think that this is so different along cultural lines and i can speak mm-hmm. to this from somebody who was in an interracial marriage where my husband was raised in Benin, West Africa, and I'm raised in North America. West Africa is not that they're like, and I can't speak to like the whole country, but like they're, my husband's family comes from a very community-minded, family-minded family. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this in other cultures where like, you know, you're not just marrying the person, you're marrying into the family. And there's just this real emphasis on community and family. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so in those cultures, mm-hmm. independence might feel like more of the threat, right? Mm-hmm. Because there mm-hmm. is this really community minded. Whereas here, like in North American culture in Toronto, especially because I'm, I'm in a major city and hub in, in Canada, mm-hmm. 
independence seems to be the like golden standard and, mm. and the more codependent might feel like more of the threat or more of the, you know, so I feel yeah. like how this is going to hit for different people is really going to speak to just like culture, upbringing, family dynamics, and neither one of those are worse or better than the other or mm-hmm. anything. Really, the thing that we're aiming towards is healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and interdependence, right? Uh, yeah. And not that we want to swing so far the opposite way or not that we want to strip down prioritizing family or not that we don't mm-hmm. want you to be strong and reliant on yourself. Like it's, it's not mm-hmm. wanting to like strip away any of those things, but it's mm-hmm. really being able to get our needs met in a way that is healthy and within healthy boundaries right another way to just boil it down is to be able to be in relationships without feeling like you're kind of sacrificing part of yourself right so it's being able to kind of connect in a way that is authentic enough for you to feel okay because Mm -hmm. long term and you're quite right with kind of culturally speaking in some cultures this is so opposite to what is ever okay and what would be kind of suggested so the reality remains of whether you can kind of exist in your relationships and feel like you do really exist and feel um kind of okay enough or not and codependency typically becomes a problem longer term because it just becomes unsustainable for that reason because it means that your needs are just kind of put to the side and just kind of not not there that you don't put them into the relationship chances are if this is like really landing with somebody who's listening right now is that they might be noticing you know things within themselves that speak to codependent behaviors chances are they were raised in those patterns Mm -hmm. And they may or may not be repeating them, um, you know, right now with their own kids or other relationships in their life. So when we're talking about steps towards independence, one of the things that we've highlighted that I think is at the very sort of crossroads of this is learning how to set healthy boundaries, what healthy Mm -hmm. boundaries look like, um, what that means. You know, I have a podcast episode on boundaries. We speak about it in Mother Up, like, Mm. what your boundary style is and how to, it's not all or nothing, how to take little steps towards setting those boundaries within our family dynamics. What other types of things go towards working more towards that interdependence and reining in some of those codependent patterns of behavior? So if we're thinking about kind of creating an interdependent home, which I kind of like to think of it as that, because it's, yeah, it's not just the individual relationships, it's kind of just how the family functions, I guess. So boundaries, I do think is the main thing, kind of in all directions, right? So it's being able to set healthy boundaries, which like you say, are kind of in the middle, not the kind of rigid boundaries, always saying no, or being quite shut down or kind of shut off and not always saying yes either. It's kind of in the middle, but also allowing that, you know, respecting, let's say your partner, if you have a partner, respecting their boundaries or other people who are kind of in contact with the family, a lot of that might be friends, family members, etc. that you're kind of allowing for those boundaries as well. And also from your children, um, that looks different at different ages with children, but there's always some way to communicate that a child's boundaries are being kind of heard. And that doesn't mean that you always obviously going to kind of do what they 
want to do or not do what they don't want to do but it's about still recognizing that they have boundaries too and beyond that for me I think it's just so important to be showing your children that you have your own interests I touched on this earlier but that you know is something that I think can so easily maybe especially for mums like kind of just not not feature not quite happen and the issue with that is what might happen if you've kind of experienced this kind of codependent environment and you've maybe got kind of leanings towards those kinds of patterns is that unconsciously we can start to use our children to kind of substitute I guess our own identity somehow and being a mother is part of our identity of course but it doesn't become the whole of our identity because that is when we maybe don't have anywhere else to kind of go or fall back on as such when we're wanting to feel okay about ourselves then it's all kind of within the family and there's that kind of intensity and we could almost think of it as kind of an over attachment somehow that happens so it's about modeling boundaries in all directions and kind of letting that be okay creating a dialogue around that and also making sure that you're still you that you Mm. are still existing as a person not just as a mum and of course if you do um have a partner as well kind of in or trying to kind of foster this within them as well that that because what that will be doing is giving permission as your children get older for them to be themselves as well that they're not just sad or daughter or they're not you know that they are an individual yeah it's really again two pieces coming to my mind here um it really makes me think about how parents will often ask how do i make sure that my kids are not codependent Mm. and the answer isn't necessarily a set of skills it's about a healing and work in our own selves like that's what i'm hearing is we do that by learning to be interdependent ourselves and by learning to have healthy boundaries ourselves and model those boundaries. And like you said, create that interdependent family, right? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I was hearing. And the second piece is when we're talking about our identity in motherhood, I think that there is something to say here about if, okay, if we think about our identity like a pie chart, you know, mm-hmm. like a circle, mm-hmm. if motherhood is the only identity that we're developing within that pie, in some ways, I would say that we might be setting ourselves up for some of that codependence because mm-hmm. all of our value is derived from that identity. All of our, our reassurance and all of all of the things is tied up in that right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Versus yeah. when we have a pie that says, okay, motherhood is a part of the role. Mm. And, you know, wife is a part of that role. And therapist is a part of that role. Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever I mm-hmm. am on Instagram is a part of that role. Mm-hmm. Friend is a part of that role, you know, as a part of that identity. And mm-hmm. like, when I map out all of the identities, and I can spread out within myself where I'm deriving value from, mm-hmm. where I'm getting my acknowledgement and validation from, then it's not simply motherhood as the whole pie. Yeah. Then I'm one modeling that for my kids, not falling mm-hmm. into that sort of self martyring, which also plays into the mother wound piece of just, mm-hmm. you know, shutting down all the parts. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like 
letting go of all the other parts of who I am. This mm-hmm. it's so this stuff all feels like it's so links back to the mother moon because when I do mm-hmm. that, if I fill that whole pie with motherhood, mm-hmm. for sure I'm gonna feel resentful. Yes. And for sure it's gonna like, you know, make these patterns in the family more complex because I've totally sacrificed myself. And something I do just want to say on that is that this doesn't mean that you have to work or like, obviously, like you were referencing it similar to me, like, you know, our kind of therapy piece, therapist hat that we're kind of, we've got that as well. But this can totally be achieved as a stay at home mum. It's about your interest. It's about interests. Yeah. It's about like other hobbies, other interests, Uh other talents, other parts of yourself. Yeah. outside of motherhood and one of the places when we're talking about developing those other parts of ourselves in therapy mm-hmm. that we work on is like what is something that you loved that maybe you stopped doing or that yeah. you haven't revisited in a while what creative piece do you you know have you debated picking up like I learned photography on mat leave and it was such a mm-hmm. life-giving thing for me in this season of sacrificing so many other parts of my life yeah I learned photography and it wasn't for achievement. It wasn't for work. It wasn't for anything other than for me. And it felt so good to have something. And then a lot of my like validation and learning and excitement like came from Mm -hmm. that. I got to share pictures with other photographers, hear their feedback. Mm -hmm. It just just branched outside of motherhood, even though I was on maternity leave and staying at home at that time. It just gave me something outside of that one role like motherhood is a role that we fulfill it's a piece of our identity and I'll be yeah. it, it can be a massive piece of that pie mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the whole pie right yeah, okay. exactly that and um yeah it's a difficult thing I think especially because at first typically obviously babies are so dependent on us and it's likely possible that that is all you can do right you can't I mean you did well doing that photography course on Matley that's impressive um you know to be able to do something else but it's kind of adjusting as you as the years goes on as your family grows as your children get older etc it's just slowly reclaiming you and just slowly reclaiming kind of bits of yourself I say whether it's old kind of stuff you like before or completely new things just it's something for you and that can really offset codependence and it creates this um, or just contributes to this kind of interdependent environment um, mm-hmm. in which children are, con- you know, we're constantly communicating mainly through what we do rather than what we say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, modelling, all of this stuff is picked up on and it really kind of settles in the unconscious mind of, of children, you know, and, and so it's that you doing something for yourself and them seeing that Mm -hmm. really communicates to them it's okay to be an individual Mm -hmm. yeah and I like how you sort of put the disclaimer or the asterisk there is a time in motherhood where it consumes the whole pie right we're talking like newborn to like probably I want to say about six months or so like I don't know it might be different for each family for me when I started I was breastfeeding so when I started to add like food or other things that could you know 
stretch out the amount of time away from the baby, things like that. So it is absolutely times and stages where it is a season of just consuming that whole pie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not, it's a temporarily parking of parts of yourself, right? Like it's not a yeah, exactly. self-martyring of, it's not a Correct. self-sacrificing forever. It's a pausing of uh-huh. with the intention of, or the, or the knowing. And I say the knowing when I was first time mom, I didn't know when these things were going to come yeah. back. It felt <laughs> like I was stuck in this mode forever. Yeah. Right? It like it lasts forever, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, but so, so yes. Absolutely, there is an all-consuming time. And I love that, how you described the reclaiming of parts of yourself and that that Mm -hmm. is not selfish. It's not Mm -hmm. self-indulgent. It's not bad or putting you above your kids. Like that's such a healthy thing for us as moms to have, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's getting Mm -hmm. the right balance for you and your family as well, you know, and that will vary kind of how much you want to do your own thing, how much... And that feels okay for your children, for you, and so on. But the point is, is that you are in the mix as well, not just you as Mm mum, you as human with needs and, yeah, opening that space and and just that dialogue around kind of individuals that that we are all different. We have different things we want to do, want to pursue, how we want to fill our time, how we want to kind of spend our days and having that as part of the conversation in the home is mm-hmm. going to really help kind of cut through codependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing that. And I think that it's important to highlight that our needs are our needs, right? Like I've heard somebody yeah. say, we're only as needy as our unmet need. Yeah. Think about our attachment style or when we think about whether we are more sort of codependent or anxious or more independent or more avoidant or however we're going to parallel those things. Mm-hmm. Our needs are okay and valid Mm -hmm. it's how Mm -hmm. we go about meeting those needs that really makes so much of the difference and if we are owning that that is our needs and we're going about sort of healthy and sustainable ways for Mm -hmm. to meet them Mm -hmm. that's setting us up for independence it's setting us up for healthy boundaries healthy relationships versus if those needs go underground and we're not really bringing them to the surface and addressing them that's when they're popping up you know, in ways that are trying to get met. The needs don't go away. Correct. And then we go yeah. about these um, sort of underground or sort of whack-a-mole ways are yeah. you know, trying to pull on getting themselves met, right? Yeah. And that's the difference really between kind of conscious and unconscious. Are you able to, or kind of working towards what do I need? What am I needing right now? Just being curious with yourself all the time of just that yeah. kind of compassionate, compassionately inquiring with yourself um kind of what do I need right now and then if it's conscious in that way then that's you're much more likely to be able to kind of think of ways and learn different ways to get them met rather than as you say it's this kind of unconscious Mm -hmm. level then that's when yeah we're maybe looking to our kids to reassure us or to kind of prop us up or to you know Mm -hmm. kind of cheer us up and so on or because kids are most available right that's the thing is in the home typically let's say if we've got a partner they're maybe busy working do you know whatever preoccupied in their own way kids want us and they want to engage with us and they are available and so that's where if we have these um, tendencies anyway maybe from our own childhood 
then keeping things at this unconscious level means that we're much more likely to be recreating that codependent dynamic. Yeah. And so as we think about wrapping up, I just want to say that codependent patterns and behaviors are not broken overnight. Mm -hmm. And I don't want any of you listening to feel shame for when we play these patterns out. It is an invitation for us to stop and be curious about what is it that we really need right now. Ask ourselves, oh, I I see that I'm really wanting, uh, I don't know, like to be acknowledged by, feel appreciated by my child or like something Mm -hmm. sort of pulling us into them and we're seeking something from them. That is an invitation for us to just pause and become curious about what we need and to think about the parts on the wheel of our identity or different people in our life or, or other maybe more sustainable ways or mm-hmm. just different ways to go about getting that need met. It's not about feeling shame. It's not to say you're mm-hmm. going to hear this podcast today and break these patterns just by listening <laughs> to this information. This yep. is a journey. This takes time. And it's really about becoming curious with yourself instead of critical. Critical is going to lead you into shame and, you know, self-criticism and, and just spiral. That's not what we're about. That's not what we're here for today. So really becoming curious, identify your need and make sure that you, mama, are taking care of yourself and getting mm. your met. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today. You're working on a mother wound course. That's so exciting. Where can people find you? Where are you hanging out online? So I'm just doing Instagram at the moment. So that's Break the Cycle Coaching, Break the Cycle underscore coaching. And I've got a membership now that everything's in there. So I've got a codependency course in there. So that's a full kind of six section course. And um, there's also a mini course on self-compassion. And there's now the mother wound course as well. So that's all about kind of healing the mother wound, understanding your personal mother wound and kind of doing that work. And as you say, it really does all cross over. It really does. I'm seeing that in this interview today. It really does. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I will link all of your resources and things in the show notes if you guys are looking for that. And yeah, thanks again. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's been great. So good to get into this stuff. It's so important. I hope it's been helpful for people. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job.